Welcome to the Profitable Painter Podcast. The mission of this podcast is simple, to help you navigate the financial and tax aspects of starting, running, and scaling a professional painting business. From the brushes and ladders to the spreadsheets and balance sheets, we've got you covered. But before we dive in, a quick word of caution. While we strive to provide accurate and up-to-date financial and tax information, nothing you hear on this podcast should be considered as financial advice specifically for you or your business. We're here to share general knowledge and experiences, not to replace the tailored advice you get from a professional financial advisor or tax consultant. We strongly recommend you seeking individualized advice before making any significant financial decisions. This is Daniel, the founder of Bookkeeping for Painters. In this episode, we're going to talk about budgeting for 2024. So first of all, let's talk about why budget? Why should we take the time to actually budget in our businesses? The answer is budgeting is basically planning. So you might have an idea in your head like, hey, I want to hit a million dollars or I want to hit $2 million in revenue. Well, that's just kind of a wish unless you actually plan you come up with an active plan to accomplish that goal. And that's what budgeting is, is actually putting numbers behind your your goal of hitting whatever you want to hit. So that's why we want to budget. And, and when you go through the budgeting process or the planning process, it should help you answer certain questions like, should you hire more crews? Should you hire more salespeople? Should you hire a production manager? How should you spend your marketing dollars? What should your discretionary earnings goal be? And discretionary earnings, again, that is basically money that you're going to take home, whether that be through salary or as net income from the business. So your your budget or your plan should help you answer a lot of these questions going into the new year. Now, the first thing you want to do when budgeting is develop your sales budget. Because when we're budgeting, you're really kind of generating many different budgets. You, you do your sales budget, your production budget, your marketing budget, all these different things kind of put together. They come up with your overall budget. So first, you want to start with your sales budget. And your sales budget is basically what do you think the top line revenue is going to be for this coming year? Ideally, you want to do this broken down by month. And so what you can do is look at previous years, what your revenue was, and kind of look through the seasonality usually painting businesses, you know, your revenue is a little low in the beginning of the year, then it increases in the spring and the summer and goes back down towards the end of the year, typically. So you want to look at those trends historically. And then you kind of want to take your best guess on how things are going to go in the in the next year, given the activities you're going to put in. And the activities that I'm referring to are, are basically your marketing activities. And this, this is kind of the hardest budget to, to develop because it's a lot of guessing involved so because there's factors outside your control like the economy you can't really impact the demand for painting services uh so or at least you have a very little impact on overall demand for that so you can do the things that you need to do in your business like your marketing activities for whether that be cold calling facebook ads those kind of things but some of it is out of your control so developing the the revenue top line is a bit of a guess, but it's an educated guess based off what's happened and what you've seen work over the time you've run your painting business. But this is the first step is figuring out, okay, what what do I think I can hit in revenue? Now we can run through a an example of how you might generate a revenue goal 
and then work backwards to arrive on how you're actually going to accomplish that goal. Because when you come up with your revenue level, you'll you'll want to work backwards to say, okay, what amount of activities do I need to uh, to do in my business to actually accomplish this revenue goal? So if you have a a revenue goal of a million dollars, let's say, and let's say your average job size is ten thousand dollars per job, you'll need to do a hundred jobs to hit that one million dollar revenue goal because a hundred jobs times ten thousand uh, dollars average job size is a million dollars. So now you know that okay, I need to close a hundred jobs this coming year. Now, next thing you might want to do is look at your close rate over the past year or so. What is your how often? What percentage do you close uh, the proposals that you're giving to your prospective customers? Usually, I see businesses do anywhere from 20% to all the way up to 50%, depending on how strong their sales process is. So just to run with the same example, let's say that your close rate is 40%. You did, uh, your, your goal is to hit a hundred jobs at a $10,000 average job size. So in order to close a hundred jobs, if you divide a hundred by 0.4 or 40%, you will get the amount of proposals that you'll need to send during the year, which is 250 in this example. So you'll need to do 250 estimates or you know, provide 250 proposals. And with a close rate of 40%, you should be able to close 100 of those 250 jobs. The next thing you might want to consider is your show rate. Now, everyone, not everyone who schedules an estimate with you will actually show some folks will cancel for whatever reason. Uh, so you'll want to factor that into your activities because you might actually need to book more than 250 estimates uh, to actually do 250 estimates. So let's say that your show rate is 75%. Usually show rates are relatively high. So let's say your show rate is 75%. So if you need to, to send out 250 proposals or provide 250 proposals or do 250 estimates, then with a 75% show rate, you can get how many estimates you'll need to actually schedule. Because again, not everybody shows up for those, those estimates that you're going to schedule. So you take your 250 divided by 0.75, and that gets you 333 estimates scheduled for the year. So now you know, yeah, throughout the year, I need to get 333 estimates on the on my calendar to get 250 estimates sent off and and then actually book 100 jobs for the year. So this kind of breaks down the activities involved at, um, for accomplishing your annual revenue goal of $1 million. And then you can break it down even further by week. You know, there's for 52 weeks in a year if you divide um, your numbers by 52, that will give you the activity you'll need to perform each week. So you can kind of evaluate each week how you're performing. You know, do you need to increase the amount of activity you're doing or whatever? Or are you on track or not on track to hit your goal? So for proposals accepted per week, if you're, if you need to, um, 
hit a hundred jobs per per year. If you divide that by fifty two, you you need to basically hit about two estimates, uh, two proposals accepted per week. So you need to close two jobs per week to hit your goal of a hundred. About, and then for your number of estimates you need to schedule per week, we per week we said three hundred thirty three in this example. So we divide that by fifty two, and you get about six uh, estimates scheduled per week. So if you know, okay, I need to book six estimates per week and they need to close two of them that will give you a good kind of uh, working goal throughout the year to hit those numbers. And so instead of just saying, hey, I want to hit a million dollars in revenue and not have any kind of further numbers, you have broken it down to the activity you need to do per week. Now, you can even do this, keep going with this uh, backwards planning and, and ask yourself, okay, how do, what, what activities do I need to do to uh, book, you know, six estimates per week. Do it, you know, maybe you're doing cold calling. How many doors do you need to knock on to get to six estimates? Typically, this is a hundred uh, doors knocked to get one, uh, one estimate slash one job, depending on who you talk to. So, you know, whatever your numbers are, you could work backward and maybe you'll say, okay, in order to get six estimates per week, I need to knock on 500 doors. And so, now you or your your cold calling team will have a, a hard uh, a hard number to work towards each week. Um, now you can apply this to other marketing uh, activities as well. It doesn't have to be specifically door knocking, but you get the idea. You want to take your revenue goal and break it down as far as you can to get the precise numbers that you need to hit hit, hit each week. So this is developing your sales budget and then backwards planning to get the marketing activities of what you need to do. The next piece is your production budget. So once you've established, okay, I want to hit a million dollars in revenue. Here's how I'm going to make that happen through the marketing activities I'm going to do. Now you need to have some sort of budget or plan for how you're actually going to produce that work. So again, you might want to look at your previous profit and loss statements to see what your margins are. Uh, You know, how much are you paying for paint and materials as a percentage of revenue? And how much you're paying for your subcontractor or labor costs as a percentage of revenue? To see what your cost of goods sold percentage and your gross profit percentages are. And so that's going to basically give you the information on how much you're going to I have to pay for your direct labor costs, direct material costs, and give you your gross profit margin. And then, then we can break that down further to understand how much do you are you going to have to, uh, how many crews you're going to need to produce that work. So, um, you'll you'll also need to look at your previous profit and loss statements. Um, to understand how much can a particular crew generate in production per week or per year. Because, you know, you may need, if you have a higher revenue goal than you did last year, then you may need to actually be prepared to hire an additional crew or maybe an additional production manager, whatever the case may be, to help you generate that, uh, the level of production you want to hit. So let's take an example. Let's say, again, you're trying to hit a million dollars in revenue. 
average job size is $10,000. So you need to have, uh, you need to produce a hundred jobs at $10,000 per average job size to get 1 million in work produced, right? And so let's say you have a couple of crews already and you went back through the previous year and you identified that one year crews can, can uh, produce 425,000 per year. And you break that down per week, uh, you know, with some uh, slack in there for, let's say the 425,000 includes some holidays and, and time off and stuff like that. So usually your, your crew can produce about 10,000 per week, but over the course of a year with weather and all that stuff built in, they're, they're producing, you know, 425,000 per year. Um, and then the second crew can do 7,500 per week. And then with the, holidays and uh, weather issues and all that stuff is about 300,000 per year. So with this current capacity, that's, that's uh, 725,000 for those two crews. So if you're shooting to hit a million, but your current crews can only produce 725,000, then you may need to be prepared to hire a third crew. So knowing this at the beginning of the year, before you actually, you know, months before you might actually need that third crew, it's good to know. Because then you can go ahead and come up with your plan to hire a another crew, um, however you recruit uh, painters. You know, going to the paint store and putting out job ads, going on Craigslist, whatever the the way that you're getting your painters. So doing the production planning is is important, so you can pre-plan those hires. Now you might identify that a production manager might be something that you need to hire for. There's a, a key number here for a production manager is five to seven and a half percent. It's usually what you should be prepared to pay a production manager, five to seven and a half percent of whatever they produce. Most folks are paying, uh, most painting businesses that I work with that are su- successfully doing this, they're paying their production manager. Uh, usually um, a portion of it is a salary and then the other portion is bonus based based off of how much they produce and the um, some sort of quality metric, usually like a, a net promoter score or some other quality metric to say, okay, they're they're producing quality work to the client and maybe also throwing in a gross profit uh, um, mark that they have to hit. Like they have to produce jobs over 50% gross profit or something like that. So they get a bonus based off of, you know, level of production, their customer uh, feedback, and their gross profit margin. But uh, typically you want their, whatever you're paying them and however you're structuring that compensation, you want that production manager to make somewhere between five and seven and a half percent of whatever they produce. So we talked about your your sales uh, budget, your production budget, then you have your overhead budget uh, so your overhead budget is made up of variable costs and fixed costs. Variable costs means, you know, as your revenue goes up, so does that overhead cost. Uh, fixed means that it pretty much stays the same no matter how high your revenue goes up or down. So your overhead budget has both variable and fixed items in it. The biggest variable one is your marketing. Your marketing is going to be variable based off of you know, usually the more money you put in marketing, the more revenue you get, generally speaking. Um, 
the kind of the benchmark that I see a lot of painting businesses shoot for is 10x return. So if you put $10,000 into Facebook ads, you should shoot for $100,000 in booked work as an example. So um, you might want to look at your historical uh, marketing costs and what and see what you, kind of return you've gotten for, for that. So is this going to... Typically, what I see is somewhere between 5 and 15% of revenue is for marketing costs. So, um, and it's somewhat dependent on how aggressive folks are with growth and how much they're relying on referral and, and repeat business. Because usually referral and repeat business is is cheaper. It might be more costly on time, but it's definitely cheaper um, to, to, to reactivate customers in most cases. Uh, whereas if you're a newer com- company and you have less, uh, you don't have a, a base of clients to work uh, off of, you usually have to pay um, a lot more money. And so, especially if you're trying to grow fast, you know, those marketing costs are going to be a little bit higher, might be more towards 15% of revenue. So uh, you want to develop your your marketing uh, budget uh, based off of whatever your sales goal is, right? So if you know you're trying to hit a million and you're going for a 10x return, then you have a budget of $100,000 in revenue. Now, obviously, you need to make sure it's going towards things that you think will actually give you a 10x return. Um, and that's, again, going to be based off of your analysis of how things performed in the past, what's worked well, what's not worked well, and kind of putting that plan together on that marketing mix. So that's your biggest variable cost is marketing uh, for your overhead. The other overhead costs, we're talking about insurance, uh, accounting, utilities, software, those sort of things are mostly fixed. And so you'll just basically, uh, you can look at your previous profit and loss for the previous year and kind of identify what expenses do I need to um, keep, keep keep going in my business. I definitely recommend you go through line by line, like what are you paying for, especially like for software and stuff, because I see a lot of folks forget that they have you know, some sort of software that they don't don't use anymore. So go line by line through this stuff. Just do it once a year and you'll you'll be surprised on how much money you can actually save just by doing that one activity by just eliminating things you don't need anymore. Because maybe you switch softwares from PEP to Paint Scout or whatever the case is and you're still paying for PEP. You know, just get rid of the stuff that you don't need anymore. What do you actually need to run your business? Um, a lot of that stuff is in your overhead um, on those, you know, recurring monthly subscriptions, those those sort of things. So go through that and identify, okay, what do I need? What do I not need to run my business? And so that's going to be mostly your fixed uh, overhead costs and that that will be your budget there. So the end state is that you have a an expectation of how the year will progress. You have a goal and then you have a tentative plan on how you're going to accomplish that goal. Um, what kind of hiring you might need to do? What kind of spending are you going to have to do? And this should be a flexible budget, right? Because as soon as the year starts, your budget's going to be wrong. It's not the purpose is not for the budget to be uh, exactly precise, because it's going to be wrong the second the year starts. However, it should give you a good idea of how things might progress, and it will give you a tentative plan on how what actions you you'll, you'll need you should take to try to accomplish your goals. So that's all for today's podcast. If you have any questions on budgeting or if you have any other techniques that you use, definitely let me know. Um, 
go to grow your painting business on Facebook. You type in grow your painting business, request access, definitely jump in and join the conversation. Love to hear from you.